Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. I'm Billy Embody. With me is Shay Dixon. And Shay, look, coming off of that loss to FSU Sunday night, a tough game. We're not going to spend too much time on that because you and Maddie B had the reaction pod. You have your thoughts on the site. Um, we're going to jump into the recruiting aspect of this. And it was a loss that is concerning, you know, 45-24. Um, uh, to finish that off that way uh, is not um, where LSU wants to be coming off of game one. But what's your take on this in terms of recruiting? Because there's a lot of different ways that either prospects can kind of think about this and maybe their opportunities to contribute. There's maybe a changing of the mindset with the staff. Do they need to go address other positions? What's, what's the recruiting impact of a loss like this well i've said this uh, four years in a row i feel like because now they've lost the first game of the season four years in a row but uh, remind people and this is a fact because every team every year minus the once in a blue moon lsu's georgia you're going to lose games you're at least going to lose one game losing it to a top 10 team is not the end of the world it's not going to cause a run of decommitments. It's not going to put you way behind the eight ball with anybody in this current class, but I'd be mistaken to say that, that F, like for FSU, the win is going to help in recruiting because on a national stage, they went out in week one and got a very marquee win and did it on a Sunday night when no other games were played and everybody's watching. And whether that means for right now or whether that means they caught the attention of some underclassmen who are saying, oh, look, FSU's on the rise. 
that helps. But the flip side of it, which is the okay thing for LSU, is the loser isn't hurt as much as the winner is helped, if that makes sense. So for LSU, yes, winning does equate to being in a better spot in recruiting. I look at that more as a season-long thing. Like many recruits viewed LSU as being on the up and up after how they fared a year ago. Well, they won 10 games. Are those recruits breaking down how those games panned out, the losses they were getting blown out in beyond FSU, uh, beyond Alabama, the five SEC wins they had, Billy, all five teams had losing records in the SEC. So it's a bit of perception and reality thing that goes back and forth for me here. Uh, when you talk about how recruits view games, I think recruits view it more of season long. How do you look as a program and are you in, moving in the right direction? Yeah, I agree with that. And that's that's not to give you guys some you know copium on the board or, or out there on Twitter or whatever. It's just the reality that, you know, last year, what they did getting to Atlanta, that helps. You know, that helps with guys that look at really the overall um, direction of a program and you see those strides that LSU made. I think, you know, they also see opportunity. You know, they see the opportunity to come in and say, okay, Wow, they lost to a good Florida State team, a very good Florida State team. They're they didn't look that great in certain aspects. Maybe there's an opportunity for me to play. I think one thing I'm going to watch as the season unfolds is will we see some shifting in personnel and some young players get opportunities if older guys aren't getting the job done. Um, you look at the wide receiver room. You look at the cornerback room. Um, will we see younger players get some opportunities and then LSU can then sell that in recruiting? That'd be something that, you know, I'd be watching closely if I was a recruit. Hey, are they going to start to play some of these younger guys, you know, on the offensive line? Would Zalance Hurd get an opportunity to play? Um, there are options that we'll talk about in terms of LSU's class that they just put together and brought in for the 2023 season that could help them as well. Um, but I think playing younger players and doing it, if things aren't going well, giving guys opportunities would go a long way, too, to helping recruiting you know, coming off this loss. It stings. These are those uh, moments right after uh, a long offseason where you hoped to see all these different changes and you had expectations and have expectations of a team that can compete for the SEC, that can compete for uh, potentially winning the West and getting back to Atlanta. And you feel like there's a long way to go when you lose a game like they did. But recruiting wise, again, here's some good news kind of tied in here. The bulk of this class is built. What you're doing now is trying to close, yes, but you're also working on the future. You're working on holding on to guys like DeCorian Moore, a five-star receiver. You're looking to try to add guys like Bryce Underwood, the number one player in the country at quarterback coming out of Michigan. You're trying to lock up the state with guys like Harlem Berry at running back and, and a really deep pool uh, in the 2025 cycle. So I always think that when you're going through a season, especially if most of your class is in the boat, which they have 24 commitments right now, that's going to be a large majority of the class that you're building towards the future. That's what you're wanting to sell. And if I'm LSU, yes, you want to have a good season. You want to have a great season. You want to do all those things. But you're also going to have to find a way to capitalize on your deficiencies and make those selling points to top recruits because this is not a game that I think LSU wants to play where year in and year out, they're living through the transfer portal. You've got to go back to developing high school prospects. That's what Kelly wants to do. He's made it very clear. But that also means you have to recruit at a high level and certainly evaluate at a high level. Yeah, no question. So 
Um, that's the ever changing, ever evolving piece with coaching staffs is, you know, how do they, you know, get to that, that level with recruits where they can address needs, you know, when things aren't going well, but when things aren't going well, you've got to walk that line of, well, you got to be able to sell a, a vision and a plan. And for a few positions at LSU, at least off game one, they've got that opportunity to say, hey, we need help here. We've got to bring you in. Um, and one thing a lot of LSU fans could probably bring into their life right now, Shay, is some Rogue Shop. Uh, RogueShop.com, promo code Tiger for 10% off your order. Um, Richard and Char, they dropped in on the board. They dropped a special uh, that runs uh, through September 5th as well. If you have chronic pain, anxiety, sleep issues, um, they're, they have the code right now for a limited time. It runs through September 5th. So at the end of Tuesday, you can use the code RogueShop23 Rogue Shop for 23% off most Rogue Shop products. Check them out. The first 50 customers get a free Rogue Shop stress football for those intense moments during football season. So you can use the promo code Bengal Tiger for 10% off your order. They've been rocking with us for a while. Um, and also right now they've got the special that runs through Tuesday. The promo code is Rogue Shop 23. So check them out. Um, if you have trouble sleeping, pain, anxiety, all those things, they've got all the products for you with legal C uh, CBD, THC, and more. Shay, as we move on uh, in this edition of the podcast, I think one thing that a lot of fans will be looking at is this 2023 recruiting class and saying, well, where's the help? Where's the guys that can step up for the Tigers right now? And one thing I really think about this 2023 class, I said it on the board today talking with some folks, is I think at the top, there are a lot of guys that you can look to for help right away. Um, you look at five stars, Lance Hurd, he could help on the right side of the offensive line and solidify that. You know, Deshaun Womack has the size to maybe step up um, and, and get some action. JV and Toviano, Jalen Brown, guys like that, they need to inject some competition into certain positions right now. And we're not going to – we're going to see an opportunity, I think, this weekend with Grambling coming in where maybe LSU can do that and assess some of these guys. Because after going with vets, you know, week one, I, I would like to see it mixed up a little bit. I, I know why they did, but I'd like to see some younger players get some opportunities in this 2023 class. I think we will as the season goes on, too, and as they get a better feel for where they're falling short, where they want to try out some new guys, you know, what guys are getting into the rotation. Do we see any shakeup on that right side of the offensive line? These are questions the current team has where you might have some answers even now. Uh, look, a five-star in Zaylon's herd is someone who could do what a couple of guys did a year ago in Campbell and Emory Jones and move into the starting lineup as a true freshman and play right tackle, which would move Emory Jones inside to right guard. And, and LSU had a, a tough time on the right side of the offensive line uh, in the game against FSU. Granted, FSU's got a great defense, a great defensive line. They're very deep, but – they ran up against a talented bunch and they didn't fare well, certainly not as well as they would have liked to. So does a guy like Zalance Hurd get into the mix? And I moved down the list and I don't really feel like I have to go far for guys that can still jump into the conversation this season. If Kyron Lacey's dropping balls, if you're not getting production from the receivers, 
Shelton Sampson, their highest ranked receiver signee, was getting a lot of second team run in camp. They rotated receivers a lot a year ago. Um, do we start to see him play more? He definitely made some plays in fall camp that turned heads. Do we see some guys defensively get involved, whether it's Whit Weeks, whether it's Toviano? They signed some high caliber players that early on in their careers could be good for them. And even their lowest ranked guy, Billy Ashton Stamps, uh, a player coming out of Rumble that both of I, both you and I were high on, was running second team at corner, which looks like their biggest question mark right now. Can you put him in there and say, hey, look, let's go ahead and start your development early. Let's really kickstart it, get into the rotation at corner now. I didn't expect that to happen against FSU in week one, but as this season plays out, I'd be very surprised if he was not in the conversation. So there are long-term plays in this class. Yes, absolutely. I also think there might be some short-term plays here this season that LSU can take advantage of. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think one thing that stands out about this 2023 class is I feel like this is a group that they kind of got lucky in a sense where they where that where I think they need the most help. They have guys that are generally physically ready to play at the college level. They might not be as strong as some of these guys who have been around a while, but you look at a Lance Hurd, he's a big dude. At, you know, if he's out there on the offensive line, he's not going to be out of place from a physical perspective. Same goes for DJ Chester. Those are guys that we've seen on the offensive line that at least physically, you know, check the box. And when it comes to seeing guys emerge like LSU eventually saw Harold Perkins emerge in the role he had last year. Will Campbell was able to get out there as well and be an instant impact guy. Emory Jones. Sometimes you need to let guys sink or swim. And I think at a position like receiver with Kyron Lacey having the drops, you know, some of the inconsistencies with other guys, just let those guys play and battle it out. And, you know, I think corner may be a little bit tougher of a position um, for some of these younger guys, but, I think a, a spot like receiver is a, is a really open competition if you're looking at it outside of Malik Neighbors. I really do. I know Brian Thomas had a, a big night, but there are also just some consistency concerns there from my angle. But um, I would like to see uh, some of those younger players just be thrown into the fire. They have quality. They have talent. And they have one thing we like to talk about is the, a lot of those guys have elite traits in that class. I think that if I'm looking at positions that the current freshmen, the, the class they just signed, are going to strengthen on this team, I think it's offensive line. And we've already heard about DJ Chester and Zaylance Hurd playing very well in camp, uh, coming from Coach Kelly and others. Uh, but I've heard good things on Tyree Adams, who was a top 150 player, that they said, look, he's better than I think people realize. They kind of overlooked him. He wasn't. He was the third highest ranked offensive line signee they had. He was an in-state guy. He committed early, all these things to where he's looked very good as a backup tackle and could be a guy in the future that's starting for him. So we haven't don't know about Paul Mabenga yet, but you're probably going to get three of your four offensive line signees as future starters. That's great. Defensive back, we have not seen anything yet from guys like Kylan Jackson, Ryan Yates, but Jeremiah Hughes at corner. But I love Toviano. We've already seen stamps rise. You've got depth there. You don't have to hit on every guy. If more than half of them end up being starters, that's a solid haul. So I look at those two spots, Billy, and I say, okay, I feel good about what they added to the room. The third would be tight end. 
I love Kamori and Pimpton. We've already seen Mac Markway get involved as an inline blocker, which is what they needed. And then Jackson McGohan was a solid addition coming out of the Midwest, a guy that Mike Denbrock had committed at Cincinnati. He comes down here and takes a job, and ultimately McGohan follows him and signs with LSU. And they needed numbers there. That was the big thing. Again, Mason Taylor is the only returning scholarship tight end on roster to go out and bulk it up with three high school guys and a JUCO addition in Gilbreth. Uh, was big for me. So in this current class, and what I kind of skipped over the receivers, Billy, if you want to add anything there, there's some talent, but I like the O-line. I like the tight ends. And defensively, I think that they've got some defensive backs that are young, that they can develop, and that can get them out of the hole of relying on the portal. Yeah, I think with receiver, I mean, the one thing that we loved about the 2023 class is all the guys complemented each other so well you have a bigger body in shelton sampson you have an elite speed guy and jalen brown kyle parker is an absolute technician out of the slot he's got some speed kai Prian had some speed as well and and they're kind of probably finding a role for him after kind of being moved around all throughout his high school career on the offensive side but those guys all have different things that they bring to the table. And so that's why I'd like to see them get some opportunities. And again, I think receiver is if you're not going to be consistent and you're not going to catch the ball, even if maybe you're not the fastest guy, or you don't have this or you don't have that work in other guys and give them opportunities. You know, Kyron Lacey, I mean, his drops are a major issue. And so I feel like LSU needs to get some of those guys involved. I think LSU has a chance to hit on all of those 2023 wide receiver signings, they could hit on three or four, but I feel pretty good about those guys making plays at some point. It's just a matter of when you want to give them those opportunities. Because I'll also say this, I didn't think Aaron Anderson was the most explosive guy out there. You know, Give me a guy like Kyle Parker with some twitch that could get some opportunities in the slot too and do some different things. So um, I, I, I think this 2023 class has some really good players in it who will be good in the future for LSU, but there's, this is also a year where I think some of those guys could see some opportunities or should see some opportunities if things don't change. So they do have grambling this weekend. That'll be a good opportunity to play a lot of players in all likelihood. Shay, we did introduce a new podcast partner last week. And of course we want to talk about our friend, uh, Zach Payne with green state wealth management. Be sure to check them out. Green state wealth management. Um, if you need help with any of uh, your financial needs, whether that's retirement, whether that's 401k, um, IRAs, investments, and more, Zach and his team will have you covered. He's a Bengal Tiger subscriber, Iowa City Tiger fan on the board. You can DM him. You can also reach out to him at Zach Payne at greenstatewm.org. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, we'll flash his, uh, his contact right now on there. Um, if you're on the you know regular podcast platforms, uh, it's in the description there for his contact info. But uh, Shay, we introduced Zach last week. We're super excited about this partnership, and he's going to be doing a lot of good for LSU um, with maybe some of the clients he brings on. Yeah, I want everyone to to give Zach uh, a look, and if you're like me, you are. Well, everyone's been in this spot before, uh, and really, it doesn't matter your age. But uh, my experience would be, Billy, you get that job, you graduate college, you have some fun in your twenties, you get the job that's starting to pay you some money. You get into your thirties, and you say, "Am I do? Do I need to do more with my money? Am I? I know I'm putting it into a four one k, four hundred one k. What else do I need to be doing?" 
guys like Zach make it happen and handle it all. And we've talked to him a bunch over the past few weeks. We text with him daily. He is a diehard Tiger fan. He will take care of any LSU fans uh, that reach out. But he can help you kind of plan out whether it's retirement, like you said, 401k, anything, investments. He can kind of put it together for you with your portfolio. Rich, poor, doesn't matter. Give Zach a call. It's free to call him uh, and he'll walk you through kind of what he does and how he can help you out. So a major shout out to uh, to Zach, a Louisiana native who's jumped on board and supporting the Bengal Tiger. And, and Billy, we can honestly say a big reason he wants to support the Bengal Tiger is he wants to be there for LSU fans. He wants to support this program and uh, and we want to give him a platform to do just that. Yep, exactly. So again, uh, check out Zach Payne um, and the team at Green State Wealth Management um, all the way up there in Iowa City uh, doing some good for LSU. Um, so we appreciate Zach and, and him uh, sponsoring the pod and partnering with us. And um, just overall, he's, he's doing what he can to support LSU football. Um, so reach out to him for more info on your financial needs or on supporting LSU football. Shay, when it comes to the 2024 recruiting class, this is a class that Louisiana heavy has some key guys in it that are really high end. There's going to need to be continued upgrades um, without a doubt on this football team. And they do have some holes that they still need to recruit to that we'll get to in a bit. But who are some of the guys that are committed right now that you really feel like next year can make an instant impact and help right away? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This one's interesting for me because I'd like to see a lot of these guys as, uh, as seniors and, and see kind of how they look. And I'm not quick to move past looking at last night's game to tie this in, uh, the FSU-LSU game. Keon Coleman, an Opelousas Catholic receiver, went off, tore LSU apart, had three touchdowns. This is why you have to eval the state properly. And LSU took a bunch of receivers that cycle, uh, Besh, Hilton, neighbors, Brian Thomas. They got the number one player in Mississippi, Deion Smith. But a guy like Keon Coleman leaves. He was going to go to Tulane, ends up getting a Michigan State offer late, blows up there, goes to FSU, and boy, did he not skyrocket up draft boards right away. Kylan Billiot is a guy who, before this summer, nobody was talking about, really. And he earns an LSU offer. Now, all of a sudden, you see as a senior, much like Coleman, he is a basketball guy who's now transitioning to football. He had a multiple touchdown weekend uh, in week one for Terrebonne against South Terrebonne. So you've got guys that even if they aren't carrying some lofty ranking right now, that if you've evaled it correctly, could end up being very good players. And quite often, Louisiana guys uh, fit that bill. For me, it starts and ends with what I think is the biggest issue on the team and then what will become the biggest issue. Right now, the biggest issue is corners. What's going to become the biggest issue when you don't have Greg Brooks and Major Burns and Andre Sam after this year is going to be corner and safety. And what are your answers there? For them to be able to get Jawan Johnson, who I absolutely love, Kai Bates uh, out of Florida, Andre Evans out of Tennessee, get Wallace Foster out of New Orleans. That's four high school corners right there. 
Then you add Joel McBride, uh, or excuse me, Deshaun McBride and Joel Rogers to Louisiana four stars at safety. That's six guys who are going to help this defensive backfield out a lot. And they give you that ability to come in as high school guys that can be developed. And a year ago, they signed one, Jeremiah Hughes. That was the only corner they signed. Well, that doesn't give you much wiggle room for a miss, right? When you now bring in four corners and they're pushing for more, not all five, four or five of them have to be future starters and all SEC players. But if half of them are, that's a hit rate that you can work with. They've got to get back to developing that position. I think that's starting right now with this class. Yeah, I, I think you make a great point there. And I mean, we've talked about it on the board. Um, I think the secondary, the way they've addressed it is is in such a better spot just from a depth, but also you do have some guys that have elite traits, Deshaun McBride, Joel Rogers, Kai Bates, Andre Evans. Those guys have elite traits on the field um, and off the field that make them projectable, that make them uh, the elite prospects that they are. And I think for me, when I look at this class overall, I, I think, you know, cornerback is probably the one spot that I feel best about instant impact. And the reason why, maybe outside of Deshaun McBride, the reason why is those guys between Kai Bates and Andre Evans, they have some elite traits that you can really work with at that spot. You know, Andre Evans has, uh, you know, got a lot of the qualities that you want in a SEC cornerback and Kai Bates does too. He's super long. He might need some help in the weight room, packing on some weight, but both of those guys, I think are two of the more projectable guys in terms of instant impact. They're going to be coming into a position that, you know, Robert Steeples, I, I think this week we'll see them give some opportunities to the younger guys next year. They're going to have to do that as well. You already see the question marks with Denver Harris you know, they have some of these older guys in there at corner right now. They're going to need to make some changes there. And I feel like Andre Evans and Kai Bates are going to be able to make an instant impact. I'm with you. I, I do. I really like, I like those guys. And we've seen them in person. We've seen them in camp. They had them in, like, if they trust their evals here, they've got guys they feel good about. I also look at the running game. A guy like Caden Durham, can change things for you, Billy. You've seen him in person a million times. Yes, this offensive line has to block better, um, but what you feel good about is they are still relatively a young offensive line, certainly the most talented guys are, and that we've told you we loved last year's O-line haul. We like this year's O-line haul. Like That's going to continue to be a strength under Brian Kelly as they get further into his, you know, his tenure as head coach at LSU. If you get the blocking, then you've got to have the running backs who then hit the holes and get the job done. Right now, this musical chairs of, at running back is going to take two full seasons of kind of there isn't a bell cow. Jaden Daniels runs it more than the running backs do. Those guys get in the FSU game. Nobody got more than four touches at running back. They got four, four and four. Caden Durham's a guy that can get you double digit touches. So he's another I would circle Billy on offense, at least that here's a skill player that will boost a position that right now you're having a little bit of trouble with. Well, and he's physically ready. We know that. We can see that on the field as a senior for Duncanville. He is one of the more physically ready players in this class. Um, you know, he he just has that strength that he's added over the course of the offseason. We know he's one of the fastest guys in the class. I think one thing for me that I'll add this, and I don't necessarily know if there'll be instant impact, but one thing I like about this class 
is that at receiver, they did not they, – they went after a Kylan Billiot. They went after a Michael Turner. They went after a Jelani Watkins. Three of the four guys they have committed with JoJo Stone being the fourth, three of those four guys have truly elite traits that can translate to the next level. Michael Turner and Jelani Watkins might not be the biggest guys on the field, but they absolutely have wheels, and those are game-changing type of moments that are then available to them if they get the ball in their hands and hit one big. Those are things that I think just at the receiver position are so important, and Kylan Billiot has that big frame. He just went off this weekend for a huge showing with that basketball kind of mindset, go up and get the ball. If he adds weight, he even ran well this summer at LSU. That's another good sign. I know JoJo is like a versatile slot guy, but we haven't we don't have an elite. We, we don't really know that he's got that elite kind of speed to him like Jelani and Michael Turner do. But I like that about that, that class. I don't know if those guys are going to make instant impacts because that 2023 class will also be on campus for another year. But they really have some elite traits, and that's what I like about some of the spots in this 2024 class. You know that I'm a big track and field guy. I love it. I think that guys who have that proven, verified athleticism, it often can translate. Look at Colorado TCU this past weekend, Billy. You look at a guy on, and I'll just give you an example because you bring up a Jelani Watkins. Well, Jelani Watkins is 5'9". He's not the biggest guy in the world. Can he? Can it hold up? Can it translate uh, to the college level? Look at what Dylan Edwards did. He's kind of your running back receiver, little combo. He's 5'8". Dylan Edwards in high school went to the opening and he was the fastest man there. Yes, he's smaller, but he had elite track speed. He scored three touchdowns on five catches for 135 yards against TCU. When you get these playmakers, the ball in open space, and we see they tried that with Aaron Anderson a little bit, uh, even in the opener. You know, they got him the ball out in the flats. He hit the edge. He made a nice pickup. Got hit out of bounds, drew a flag, went for an even bigger gain. If you've got these guys on roster, get them in space and get them the ball. That's You don't add a Jelani Watkins if that's not your plan. So I'm with you. I do think that they've got some game-breaking speed in this class that makes me optimistic about some of the skill positions on offense. I mean, go look at the first play. You know, what they did with Trey Bradford. I thought that was terrific. I mean, you can and you can work that a bunch of different ways. I think one thing offenses are doing, they're kind of doing that motion in the backfield and it's called a return. You know, they send the receiver or whoever's motioning right back to where they came from. And it's supposed to, you know, kind of bring the defense over and get them out in space quickly. Doing things like that with Jelani Watkins, Michael Turner, players like that is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, I think it will cause uh, some matchup issues for, for opponents. So, um, those guys with their speed will continue to be watching them, obviously, as they develop as seniors. And, and then, of course, they'll get to LSU. But, Shay, before we go any further, we do have another new sponsor for the podcast. So excited about this one because it hits home for me because I've got a Tacovis hat on right now. And when we heard about this opportunity, we were so pumped uh, because – they're trying to expand a little bit more down into the Baton Rouge market. And you can go to the Tacovis store at Perkins Row to check them out. And for me, I've got a pair. Uh, I've got two pairs of Tacovis boots, but here are the ropers that I've got. Um, actually got these on a, on a clearance deal. And I just love them. Very, very comfortable. They're pretty much my go-to dress-up boot. Um, and if you're a boot guy like me, 
um, or lady. Uh, Tecovis is one of the hottest brands right now out there in boots. So it's football season, which means it's boot season. And the Baton Rouge Tecovis store is ready to help you find your next pair of Western boots. Stop by Tecovis at Perkins Row, grab a cold one from the staff, and let their knowledgeable staff get you fitted and acquainted with a mighty comfortable handcrafted pair of boots you'll enjoy this season and for years to come. Each pair of Tecovis are quality made to keep you in a personal style that's all yours to own. A great pair of boots will elevate your casual game day look or add a refined flair that'll draw eyes at the stadium and start conversations. Step into a Tecovis store and you'll likely be greeted with a friendly smile and the rich aroma of fine leather goods. The Baton Rouge store also offers complimentary services like boot shines and custom leather stamping that'll make your boots truly one of a kind. From Death Valley to your next national championship, kick off this season in a new pair of Tecovis. Stop by the store at Perkins Row and don't go gently. Shay, are we going to get you into a pair of boots here this season? Is this going to be the big uh, deal? Of when I told Emily, uh, who's obviously a Texas native, that Tecovis was coming on board, she was very thrilled. I do not own any Tacova stuff. So what I'm going to do is I'll just go over to Perkins Row here in Baton Rouge. I'll deck myself out head to toe if y'all promise to, to support and go out there and, uh, and get some boots or whatever you want to get. So I know uh, we've got some some hats in the mail, Billy, some gear on the way, but I will go out. Uh, I will dress full on cowboy if that's what it takes. At least it'll provide some entertainment. Hey, I mean, you can get you can kind of plan ahead for when LSU goes to Austin next. You can be looking like a cowboy when you when you come over to the Lone Star State. Yes, yes, the Big Twelve flavor is coming. I need to match that energy, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So, guys, check them out. Uh, Perkins Rose Store in Baton Rouge. Make sure you tell them the Bengal Tiger, Shea Dixon, Billy Embody, Matthew Bruni. Tell them that we sent you and check out Tacovis again. Don't go gently. Shay, uh, we'll wrap up with this. Um, and it's one of the hardest things to probably predict right now. But are there a couple guys out there you're really watching for LSU that after watching that Florida State game, maybe they need to turn the heat up on even more um, because they have to address some positions still with this 2024 class? Yeah, it, well, there's two, it's twofold for me. One, you've got to continue to build depth at corner. And safety as well. I think they're doing that, but you've got to also be hitting on elite guys that you feel like are going to be able to be developed, not only play, potentially play early, but also be developed into SEC high level SEC caliber players, future high draft picks, because that's the standard for LSU. You want to talk about the standard at LSU of competing for championships. There's also standards within the team. And one of them is Defensive back, much like a wide receiver, is a position LSU across two decades has never had an issue with. Suddenly, they're in this multi-year rebuild that you're wondering, when are they going to climb out of it? And the only way to do it is by continuing to get high-level high school kids and develop them. I want to see them continue to stack up on corners. The other is obvious. It's defensive line, and it's most notably interior defensive line. And this, for me, Billy, is a product of Seven of the last eight years, having a new defensive line coach every season, there is no stability there. That then pours into recruiting when it comes to landing high-level national prospects because you're kind of always behind the eight ball as you bring in a new coach, and then they have to get a relationship with them. And 
suddenly you're swinging for a couple of guys and if you don't hit on them you've got you know fallback plans or you know you're not up there with the likes of georgia and bama and these other teams that are recruiting those types of players so that's where it would start for me i need to see them fix this issue at defensive back which i think they're well aware of and they're addressing I think they're also well aware of the issues that are going to come when all these guys on the defensive line end up not being on roster anymore. And it's the issue that they're fixing on a year by year basis right now, much like corner where they just go to the portal and get depth pieces. And fortunately they're not having to do Makai Wingo has been massive for them. They've got Mason Smith. They've you hope Savion Jones has a breakout year. Like you do have a few guys on this roster that you've signed and developed obviously, but a lot of the depth is now provided by the portal. You have to get out of that. You have to be back to landing elite defensive linemen, running out guys like Mason Smith every single year, and not just once every handful of years whenever Louisiana has a five-star. And Billy, even right now, I don't look, I don't know where Dominic McKinley ends up in final rankings. If he's a five-star, four-star, I don't care. What I do care about is that he's a defensive lineman in Louisiana in a year where they need him, and they didn't get him. Now, still a ways to signing day, but – it just drives home to me the importance of defensive line and how with each time a guy like McKinley doesn't pick LSU, it becomes more magnified that that's an area you have to start doing better at. I completely agree. And I, I mean, as LSU navigates this season with, you know, Jimmy Lindsay being in the unfortunate situation that he is and John Jancic stepping in there and just the whole thing, we'll have to really see this, personnel department really identifies some defensive linemen that they can really turn the heat up on and go after. I'll say this one guy that I'd really like to see LSU get in terms of on campus for an official visit is Danny Okoye. And I know Sam Spiegelman, he just dropped an update with him after his Oklahoma visit. The Sooners are surging there. He is in state. I feel like LSU has to turn the heat up there. I think he's a guy that is college ready for the most part. Physically, he'd address a big position of need. I know it's not going to be easy, but hey, getting Kai Bates wasn't easy. Getting Tylen Singleton wasn't easy. Caden Durham, guys like that. This is one of those prospects that if you really don't think Colin Simmons is maybe attainable in terms of a flip, which I think it'll be really hard to do, Danny Okoye is one to really watch because he does have that interest in terms of taking an official visit. So if they can stay on him and maybe get him to Baton Rouge and see how it goes from there, that would be one of the guys in 2024 that I'd like to see them really circle and turn up the heat on. Well, we've talked defense. I'm, I'm glad we both ran defensive line because that's what everyone wants to hear. But I think after watching the game, people also understand how big of a need it is to continue to develop uh, at corner. But look, I will say, guys, that there are many positions right now where I feel like they are doing very good things at the offensive line. Running back is a, a room that I think will continue to get brighter. Receiver, they're always going to hit on. Linebacker, I love Whit Weeks. I think that they're going to continue to get better at linebacker. It's just that you don't want to, for me, Billy, you don't want to keep going three or four years before you hit on another Harold Perkins. You want to be doing that kind of thing every single cycle because that is what Bama and Georgia and these other schools are doing. Do they always pan out? No, but I'll go back to what I've said a handful of times already in this podcast. The more guys you get that are elite like that, the less of a, you know, the less it hurts when one or two don't work out, right? And that other guys, well, you end up 
do getting a Harold Perkins or a Mason Smith or one of these guys. So high end level recruiting is what LSU is expected to do. It's the bar, the standard. That's where it's set at. Are they falling short of it right now? I'm not going to say that because they, in their only full class, Billy, they signed a top five class. Right now they're eight. I want to see what they do by signing day. But I also want to see how well they address some of these positions that as year two begins, a lot of games to be played, but are becoming easy to point out of saying for the second year in a row, here's the checklist of what LSU needs to be better at and where they need to build depth. And that I think is is just as important, if not more than where you finish in the recruiting rankings, whether it's 11th or 8th or 6th, for instance. Yeah, you said it well. So we'll be continuing to track it on TheBengalTiger.com, see how the 2024 class finishes. This will be the first home game, so they're going to have visitors in town. So be sure to pick up a Bengal Tiger subscription, just a dollar for your first month or 50% off annual subscription. So check that out, um, and we'll have you on the site, and we'll give you all the scoop. You can ask us questions any time you want. So um, for Shay Dixon, I'm Billy Embody. We're going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Tough to talk about just about anything after a loss, but LSU is going to pin their ears back and try to figure out a way to address some holes in this roster through recruiting. We'll be there to cover it every step of the way. So thanks for listening to this edition of the Bengal Tiger podcast. We'll catch you with another one later this week. Thanks for listening. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.